Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we're talking about A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. It is the second book in the Akatar series and our personal favorite. And so we're going to do things a little bit different this week. We are going to split the episode up into two parts. For the first part, we're just going to do a synopsis of the book for those of you who haven't read it or just those of you who need a refresher or want to hear us talk about what happens in this novel. And then in part two, we're going to dive a little deeper into like theories and symbolism and all that good stuff. We're going to get lit the second half. We're going to get lit the second half. Yeah, but don't worry. This first half will still be really lit. Um, (laughs) Also lit right now, so it's fine. Yeah, um, a little bit. So I'm going to start us off by reading the back of the book. Feyre has undergone more trials than one human woman can carry in her heart. Though she's now been granted the powers and the lifespan of the High Fae, she is haunted by her time under the mountain and the terrible deeds she performed to save the lives of Tamlin and his people. As her marriage to Tamlin approaches, Feyre's hollowness and nightmares consume her. She finds herself split into two different people, one who upholds her bargain with Resand, High Lord of the Feared Night Court, and one who lives out her life in the Spring Court with Tamlin. While Feyre navigates a dark web of politics, passion, and dazzling power, a greater evil looms. She might just be the key to stopping it, but only if she can harness her harrowing gifts, heal her fractured soul, and decide how she wishes to shape her future, and the future of a world in turmoil. So, Tabby, if you want to kick us off with part one. Yeah, so part one is the House of Beasts. Um, It is an absolutely heartbreaking beginning to the book. We start off with Feyre, who is just not doing well. Our little prologue that we get, it is her stuck under the mountain. Um, She is still haunted by, you know, what happened with Amarantha. She sees her in her dreams and basically just... The fact that she had to like kill those two Fey, it it's done a number on her mentally, and she just doesn't feel like she really deserves to be alive. Um, really sad. It gives me a it gave me a lot of anxiety reading it as a reader trying to put myself in her point of view. So yeah. um she is back at the spring court. They have returned. Um, she and Tamlin are engaged. They basically got engaged like a month after they got back. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to just live her new <clears throat> life and basically pick up where she left off before under the mountain. Um, it is really hard. She's not interested in the same things that she's been interested in. She is depressed. I mean, bottom line, she's depressed. She has made a new friend, Ianthi, who is one of the high priestesses, immediately just kind of Gave me some bad vibes. I don't know. Immediately we don't like her. (laughs) (laughs) Love her right off the rip. Very controlling. Basically, Fairy uses her as like a crutch while also battling these inner demons that she has. She doesn't feel worthy of Tamlin. She feels like she's broken beyond repair and that he deserves somebody who you know, is whole and can be that for him, which is absolutely wild. It's (laughs) wild because so while Farah is having like these nightmares and she's feeling completely broken and depressed and she's like, wow, like I don't deserve Tamlin. Mans is not doing much better. Like he's not doing well. (laughs) She wakes up like violently ill from these horrible nightmares she's having. And Tamlin just like pretends to sleep through it. He will sometimes be awoken by horrible nightmares and just shift into like his beast form and like not talk about it. He'll just like prowl and, and brood and not discuss it. Like 
Remember those red flags that we talked about last time? Yeah, like, we're making a comeback. Like, I, Sarah is just blinded by love. Like, she cannot see. A ghost in a shell, essentially, and has lost weight. She vomits up her freaking guts every single night. Like, can't keep down, doesn't sleep, doesn't eat. And he's just like, yeah, that that'll happen. That seems normal. Yeah, he's like, clearly she just needs time. And, like, mm-hmm. Farah is, while well, she's, like, losing it, Tamlin has guards on her all the time. Like, she cannot go anywhere without escorts. She feels like she is a prisoner in her own home and she she tries to like to like let people know let Tamlin know let Lucian know and Lucian's just like hey like Tamlin just needs time like he just you got to give him some time to chill out like he almost lost you he like witnessed your death and like basically gaslights Feyre into thinking that this is the right thing gaslit her so hard that she was like yeah you know what you guys are right I am making it really hard on Tamlin by being alive right now like that's on me (laughs) early pop what is you doing she's like I'm sorry like I yeah I want to die anyway so let me just like let's go back in time like let me just stay dead and and they're like no that's not what we meant um anyway (laughs) we talk about like Ianthe like her not being great vibes and it's clear to Feyre that Lucian does not like Ianthe he's not like forthcoming about why he's also like harboring a lot of secrets from her right now like because mm-hmm. he's trying to be more obedient to Tamlin and like like basically put up a full 180 of what he was in the first book yeah because in the first book he was like always challenging Tamlin and like pushing Feyre to be better and then here we are in this completely new scenario where Feyre needs him to be that friend and he's just like bye who I can't I'm my allegiances are to Tamlin we pledge allegiance (laughs) to Tamlin Uh, yeah who doesn't deserve it at all and okay, so Ianthe, like you were saying, is a crutch for Feyre. Like Feyre could not give a rat's ass about this wedding. Like she wants to marry Tamlin because she's in love with him, but she does not want people looking at her. She doesn't want to wear white. She feels so impure and unworthy. And Ianthe is like shouldering the brunt of the wedding planning for her. And Feyre's like, great, because I don't want to touch that. While also, like, trying to weave this narrative, though, that, like, makes her seem like a good guy. I don't know. It's super strange because, you know, Feyre is the one who went under the mountain. She, like, fought for the salvation of Prithian, blah, blah, blah. And Ianthe is just like, yeah, the three of us are a power trio. And (laughs) I am going to make us look so good, Feyre. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, writes this crazy narrative that she is, like, just this God-given gift to the world. World mm-hmm. and you know has picked the perfect dress has picked the perfect color has picked the you know perfect seating arrangements to like really just show like this act of power almost while also putting herself in the position of power exactly she's like spinning this narrative because she's telling Farah and Tamlin that it's what they need to heal like as a as a nation as a court that's what they need to move forward but Ianthe's got herself kind of like front and center. She's like, don't forget me though. I'm important. And I like, you need me to have this narrative, like come to life and like piece everything back together. So like Tamlin trusts her. 
Thera trusts her. Lucian doesn't, but Lucian hates her. He's spineless and won't stand up for what he believes in at this point. So Ianthe is like helping Thera pick colors and stuff. And she's like, what color roses? And she's like listing off some options and says red. And Feyre is like, no. Just anything like, but red. Anything but red. It triggers Feyre's PTSD. It reminds her of blood and amarantha. And she just like, when she sees red, like she spirals. Yeah, she's triggered. And so the day of the wedding arrives. Feyre's in this ridiculous dress. She hates it. She looks like, what does she say? A like pig. a pastry. A cupcake, yeah. And what color rose petals do you think are scattered down the aisle? Sure enough, they're red. Sure enough. Farah panics immediately. Internally. Like, she's still walking, but she's slowing down. And she's like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. She she's is like, shouting in her mind. I am going to ruin Tamlin. Again, wild concept. But she thinks she is just impure and like is terrible for Tamlin. And he deserves somebody who is just, he, she has it together. And that's not her. She is literally like in her mind. She is shouting like, no, like someone save me. Like anyone save me. And so. Who motherfucking shows up? <laughs> who shows up? My boy Reese does. It's Reese. It's Reese and. Um, because also at this point, Reese, it's been three months since they returned from under the mountain and Reese has not called in his bargain yet. But he heard that panic through the bond. He heard Pharaoh like, no, like somebody save me. And he shows up and he's like, hey, I'm calling in my bargain. It's time to go to the night court. Everyone's pissed too. Like Tamlin throws a fit. And um, the wedding guests are like scattering. Everyone's obviously terrified of Reese. His power is insane. <laughs> He's like, no, you can't take her. Like, I've got guards who will fight you. Turn around. No guards to be found. Ianthe, gone. She's disappeared because she is just a weak little biatch. And so obviously, you know, Reese gets what he wants. He takes her back to the night court. Tamlin can't do anything about it. He's all talk, big man, can't fall through on anything. <laughs> I know. Oh. He's so pathetic, Loki. Pathetic. Oh my gosh. And so, okay. So Reese has the power to like winnow, which is how he showed up. And winnowing is basically like teleporting like through fey magic. So he, that's how he teleported there. That's how he teleports them to the night court. And Pharaoh's like, wow, that was really unsettling because they're, <laughs> they like travel through like space and time and <laughs> she's not a fan. So they get to Reese's house and it's like the most beautiful thing she's ever seen. It is gorgeous, peaceful, beautiful. Warm. It's what she pictured in her head when she was under the mountain, essentially. Yeah. Like it's the moonstone, very peaceful. It's like a place of relaxation. Yeah. And she's confused because everyone's been telling her like under the mountain was was inspired by the night court. She's like, where is the torturing? Where is the killing? I'm so confused. But she's not about to like ask to see it so she's like okay like if this is where I'm at that's fine but she's <laughs> mad <laughs> she's like Reese you're an asshole and he's like you could say thank you because like I know I you were about your to ass. Out. yeah and so what does Feyre do as he's walking out she <laughs> throws her shoe at his head Horrible. so hard <laughs> that, it, that he doesn't know it's coming and it actually hits him it pisses him off because what we forgot to mention was that Feyre has 
super like super strength like she is strong like she's oh, yeah. strong and everyone's just like yeah that's pretty normal and no <laughs> it's not normal she is yeah. abnormally strong yeah no one has told her this is weird but she she has noticed it since becoming a high fae but nobody's told her that it's bizarre but reese is like he gets hit in the head with that shoe it probably hurt because she's real strong and so he's mad and he's like she picks up her other shoe and he's like do Fine it. Like, I dare you. <laughs> yeah. And she does it because she's, you know, she's yeah. not scared of Reese. He does catch it this time because he like watches her throw it. Then he like comments. He's like, interesting. And Pharaoh's like, what? Like she doesn't what? say it, but she's like, what's interesting? Um, but I'm sure it's because he's like, wow, she's really strong. So Pharaoh goes to sleep. She's still not well. She like cries herself to sleep and she's like I'm in a wedding dress (laughs) in her wedding dress she like took off her stupid wedding dress her stupid wedding night lingerie and she's like Tamlin was supposed to tear this to shreds off of me (laughs) and she like has a mental breakdown (laughs) it was really cute oh man it's rough she's not doing well but she does she gets a little bit of sleep and the next morning she's like Reese like what what do you want with me and he's like, I want you to learn how to read. And also, I want to teach you how to yeah, read. Personally. I want to be the one. And also, he's like, you're always like shouting things down our our like bond that was created when we made this bargain. You need to learn how to put up your mental shields. And he like plays it off by saying like, I'm tired of not getting any rest because like, you're always having nightmares in the middle of the night and it wakes me up and it's so annoying. So he tells her like, she needs to work on that. And she's like, obviously at first she doesn't go along with it because when has she ever like made anything easy for Reese? She's like, Never. no. And um, we also meet our new best friend more and um, Reese's cousin and mm-hmm. she's amazing and kind and immediately loves Feyre. Um, And so they do, you know, have breakfast together Feyre kind of brushes Reese off like after he teaches her how to lower and raise her shields how to you know at least write out basic sentences they get into kind of a pissing match Reese ends up leaving for the entire week leaves her there so Feyre just you know wallows in her self-pity she reunites with our best girls Nuala and Caridwin and we get to see them for real this time they're not just shadows anymore they're actually real people yeah Um, we're taking care of her um, so spent the west, uh, rest of the week practicing and, you know, learning how to raise and lower her shields. She finally returns back home to the spring court immediately. Tamlin is like, oh my God, I missed you so much. Like never leave me again. Finds out he has trashed the study has like, just gone into like this absolute fit of rage. Um, like a true, like himbo. Toddler. <laughs> yeah. Man child. And instead of him, you know, being like, I want to spend time with you. I'm never going to let you go again. He was like, I'm going to interrogate you. He's like, I need you to tell me every single thing that you saw while you were at the night court. Because while she was at the night court, Rhysand showed her, you know, parts of his home, showed her, you know, bits and pieces of the night court itself. Um, But he also hinted at the fact that there may be war coming. Mm -hmm. and. Um, he's trying to prepare Feyre. That's, you know, why he invited her there. He wants her to work with him. He's telling her, you know, like, hey, you have basically what you would see in 
a, a young fae who is getting ready to take over as High Lord. Like you are experiencing exi- or exhibiting like the same um, types of traits that you would see in a High Lord. And he's like, I think we should train you, blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, you could be a really good tool in this war and of course Tamlin's like "Mm, absolutely not sir yeah because Tamlin and Lucian well not I don't think Lucian necessarily agrees with him but he goes along with it but Tamlin's reasoning is that if Farah is trying to train these powers one he says that'll make her a target because these powers that she has are like from the high lords that exist right now and he's like thinking if they know she has some of their power they'll try to come kill her he also thinks that it'll send like a message of unrest to the people and he's like no like we just got done with this thing like we don't want anyone to worry but like there's very much reason to worry yeah like there's some shit coming yeah but he he's basically like no like i put my foot down no my word is law Sounds like a vampire. (laughs) Well, Tamlin acts like a vampire. Okay. He sucks the life out of everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't want to send a a message of unrest. They have the tithe coming up soon, which is um, where everybody, you know, has to pay their dues to the Supreme Court. They haven't had it in 50 years, obviously, because Amarantha was running rampant. Um, Ianthe is like, now is the time the people are healed and they are ready to pay you money. Clearly, Um, they're all rich right now. Like they want to give this to you. And so they have the tithe. Tithe comes around. Tamlin is a dick. My God. Like he is just this like ruthless, rude dictator who like has like no cares in the world for anybody. Like if you don't have the money, if you don't have whatever is equivalent to what you owe, like you got three days to pay up or he gets hunting rights to go find you and kill you. Um, And he'll do it things are going well. Farah is getting antsy. They've been there for hours. So in comes a water wraith. And she is like, listen, like we have no food. There's no fish in our lakes and ponds. Like I have nothing to give you. And Tamlin's like, you know what? I'm sorry that you're poor. Like that sucks. But also, <laughs> like you got to figure it out. You got three days. Like, you know, the rules. Um, so Farah immediately is just pissed off. Cause she's like, why the heck do we need these fish? Like we have so much stuff. And like, I've been hungry before. What are you even doing? Like, you know, I was starving when I got here and he's like, sorry, like this is how it's done. And she's like, no, we're not doing that. And so she chases after the water wraith, gives her basically the jewelry off of her back and is like, use this money to, you know, pay off what you owe, go buy yourself some food. Like it's on me. No worries. Water Wraith is like, you know what? I owe you one. We're not going to forget this debt. Tamlin pissed at dinner. He's because- so mad. He's like, and- how dare you undermine me? How dare you? How could you? And Lucian's just like, guys, please, mom and dad, can we not fight? And so Farah is like, Lucian, like, join my side. You know, I'm right. You know, he's wrong. Like stand up to him. So she's like hardcore staring at Lucian with this thought in her mind of like, stand up to him. Like, where's your spine? And she loses her temper so much that she accidentally slips into Lucian's mind. Like how Reese can slip into people's minds. Like who did that come from? That's weird. Yeah, she's like, she is shook that that happens. She is so shook. She like returns to her mind shortly after and where her hands were like on the table, there are burn marks from her hands too because she also like 
like her hands caught fire with her powers. And she is like, I hope no one notices that that happened. Like, I am embarrassed and ashamed. (laughs) And they told me that it's bad to have these powers. So she just goes to her room. Oh, because her and Tamlin have separate rooms, by the way. Yeah, they don't sleep in the same rooms, even though he sleeps in her bed every single night. He's like, yeah, you actually can't come to my rooms. I really strongly believe it's because he has side hoes and nobody can convince me otherwise that no, he would not fucking getting it while he was under the mountain like every single day. Like, yeah, he's weak. Mm-hmm. He's so weak. And he's very much like, whoa, is me like poor. Like, you go without sex. Yeah, like, oh, my my betrothed, my beloved, she's rotting in a cell and she can't come please me in, in the bedroom. Yeah. So I need something. is what he is. <laughs> He's disgusting. A piece um, of trash. Uh, also, yeah, it's and- like, you know, something that really grinds my gears is that in the first book, um, you know, he told Barry, he's like, I would never take away someone's sole provider of food and yeah. like not and then the, and the then, water, like, the water right? is like we don't have fish he's like that's not my problem yeah and he's like sorry gonna have to kill you in three days sorry <laughs> like, okay dog them's the rules <laughs> <laughs> so okay so he and Feyre they have this fight about the tithe and the fact that she helped the water race so Farah and Tamlin had their big fight about the tithe. Like they were both mad and Farah is feeling guilty up in her room, even though she shouldn't because she's right. But she goes and she's like, goes to the study to apologize to him. At this point, we need to mention Farah because she's been so depressed. She has not been able to paint since she's returned home. She is also freaking out because when she gets married to Tamlin, she's like, what will they call me? Will they call me high lady? And Tamlin's like, no, there's no such thing as a high lady. (laughs) And like that, like part of her, she says like part of her that used to exist is like angry at that, that she won't be his equal. But she also is super relieved because of how like unworthy and guilty she's feeling. She's like, yeah, I'm not worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, how would I be fit to like have that title? Okay. (laughs) So she's got all this going through her head. And when she shows up to Tamlin's study to apologize, it turns out he's been wanting to apologize to her too. He was also feeling bad. So he got her a present. And so she's about to open this present and in her mind, she's like, don't let it be a crown. Like I can't like handle if it's a crown that'll freak me out, but it's a traveling painting set, which is worse, which is worse so she is like trying to like fake her happiness she's like great this is perfect like you don't like it and she's like no no no, it's not that it's just that I'm depressed I'm horribly depressed and so she's like Tamlin I can't go anywhere without the sentries following me around I can't do anything I'm being like drown and you might as well be holding my head under the water now (laughs) any any rational normal loving partner would hear this and be like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry like I never want you to feel that way what does Tamlin do he explodes in like this horrible burst of power and anger it literally shatters everything around them in the study 
Luckily, Feyre has these powers from the High Lords, so she sends out a protective shield around herself, or she would have been, like, hurt, genuinely. Yeah, not well. Yeah, so she shields herself from him. She's like, what just happened? It was such an instinct, she didn't even know she did it. But, like, she looks up, she sees there's paint running down the walls, everything is shattered and splintered around her, and Tamlin is immediately like, I didn't mean to do that, like, Feyre, please, I'm sorry. Like, you just make me so crazy. Yeah, and he's, like, trying to get to her, but she has this shield up that she doesn't know is up, but he's, like, stopped by this shield, and he's immediately, like, even more manipulative. He's like, oh, that's like, that's so hurtful that you would shield yourself from me at a time like this when I just tried to blast you across the wall. It's like that sound on TikTok right now from the Heathers from like Jamie Moscato. Like that's literally what happened in the Veronica, study. Open the door, Veronica, yeah. Let's not fight anymore. Yeah. I'm yes. just like, ooh, crazy. Yeah, it yes. is, it is domestic abuser 101 um so Farah, she is so like shooketh like she doesn't she's surprised that he reacted like that one two she's surprised that she was able to shield herself she didn't know she could do that and so she is broken down by him she's so in love with him she lets him in to her shield and he like holds her and he's like i'm sorry and she's like i could feel his apology in every thrust he made it. Oh, God. It's disgusting, guys. It is so, like... Yeah, she's like, the only way we know how to communicate is with our bodies. And it's like, that's an issue, dog. Bestie, babes. That's not good. If any of you who are listening think this sounds familiar or sounds reasonable, (laughs) it's not... I need to to reevaluate where we're at in life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Reach out, please, reach out to a friend if you're going through this um it's not good so Farah, she Days goes go to by. Sleep. Like, she's just like whatever yeah she's like I don't care anymore like she's giving up she's not eating at this point sleeping till like four in the <laughs> afternoon like getting at least maybe one meal a day that's it whatever so one month rolls around guess he's back again it's Reese and Shows up middle of the morning and starts arguing with Tamlin out in the hallway. And it's just like, no, I'm fucking taking her back here. Like, you're insane. And so Favorite hears them arguing in the hallway. She comes out and immediately Reese is like, did y'all run out of food here? Like, what is happening? Like, she looks like a skeleton. Skin and bones. Like, like, looks like she has died in her sleep 12 years ago. And... (laughs) It's like, you know, no, let's like, like, let's go. We're going back to the night court. Go get your shit. Let's go. And so she goes into her room, puts on her night court attire, immediately like falls off of her. And she's like, oh, that's weird. She's like, I've lost some weight. (laughs) Like not even acknowledging that like she is barely functioning human being right now. Anyway, so we fine. I deserve it. I deserve worse. Um, so we take her back to the night court and immediately she's just shut down, like not a thought in this girl's head right now. And Reese keeps trying to rile her up. He knows something is wrong. Like she's not right. Keeps trying to get her to play with him. And he's like, literally just like, tell me what I need to do to help you. He's like, this is not right. Like, do you not understand? Like, this isn't right. He's like, how can you live like this? How can you let him treat you like this? He's like, let me help you. And she's like, no, like, why are you being a dick? What are you even talking 
talking about. Tamlin loves me. And so she basically just spends her entire time there doing absolutely nothing, which is good for her little soul. It definitely gives her a moment to recharge. And she even acknowledges that. She's like, I love being here because I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And she can read now. Like, that's an issue, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, So she practices her shielding. She is proficient at reading. She can get through books. And so it gets to the point where Reese is like, if you ever, you know, just need to come here so you don't literally pass away, like, just let me know. And you can do that. And obviously he's like, you know, do you want to work with me? Like, what do you need? And she's like, no, I'm not going to work with you. Like, are you crazy? You're Tamlin's enemy. And he's like, keep saying that, but am I? Yeah. Yeah, you are right. So, you know, she's like, take me back home. It's time to go back to the spring court. He drops her off and he is like, Feyre, you need to fight this. He's like, you are no one's plaything. Like you are your own person. Like you need to fight this because you are wasting away. And she's basically like, buzz off. I don't care. Um, so she gets back in and things have gotten worse. Like she is on lockdown now. Yeah. Because, um, before she had like, gone back to the night court tamlin had been trying quote unquote after he by, exploded the room yeah after he exploded the room he was like okay i'll try to make there like be less guards around you and stuff but like when she comes back from the night court this time like they're back in full force so she's just kind of going through the motions like sometimes passing she's not doing anything she at one point is like she overhears a conversation between Ianthe, Tamlin, and Lucian, and they're talking about her powers and, like, whether or not she should be training them, and Lucian is, like, trying to fight for Feyre, and he's like, I think it could be a good idea, like, we need to, like, help her, like, figure all of this out, and Tamlin is like, no, absolutely not, and Ianthe is, like, backing Tamlin up, and she's saying, we need to keep Pharaoh's powers a secret because some enemy high lord could find out she's powerful and then steal her away for breeding purposes. And she's like, Reese would be evil enough to like do what that. we're doing. Yeah, like what they're doing. <laughs> but Ianthe is like, yeah, Reese is so evil. He would he would kidnap her and and force her to bear offspring. And Pharaoh's like, I've heard enough. So she just literally goes back to sleep. So the next morning she sees Tamlin and Lucian are about to leave. And she's like, where are you going? And they tell her there's a conflict on the Western sea border, which is nearest to Highburn, which when she was at the night court, the first time Reese had told her about like the, the threat of war that loomed because the King of Highburn had sent Amarantha as an experiment and like it was just the beginning. So Farah knows like there's shit going on, but Tamlin and Lucian aren't telling her anything. <laughs> and like Reese hasn't told her much because she hasn't agreed to work with him. So Farah is like, tell me what's going on. I'm coming with you. And Tamlin's like, no, you're not. So she tries to follow him out the door and walks into like an invisible force field. Tamlin has awarded her inside the house. He's trapped her. This whole chapter makes me like sick to my stomach. Oh, it is heart wrenching. So Farah's instantly <coughs> triggered, instantly feels like she's back in her dungeon cell under the mountain. And Lucian's like, like, it's not up, like we'll get through it. Yeah. But then he just like turns her back on her and leaves too. So Farah having all of these powers that only rear their heads whenever she's extremely emotional, 
absolutely spirals into a pit of despair, sends out this like giant, like plume of darkness. Yeah, just a cloud of complete pitch black and like fire on the inside. And so all the servants are horrified and so scared. And so Pharaoh is like, she's just kind of hearing bits and pieces of what's going on. Like she is having a full blown like panic attack. She's like, maybe it'll kill me and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fingers crossed. Like at this point, like I have nothing because the man that she loves has just trapped her inside it's, this home, uh, at, like a prison cell. And so, the way Sarah J. Mass wrote this entire thing, like, uh, like it is heart wrenching. If you've ever experienced, you know, anxiety or panic or whatever, like reading that and putting yourself in Farah's shoes, it just is such a triggering experience because you feel like you're trapped in there with her. And it's like, it's you so feel the betrayal, feel you feel her heartbreak. Cause you know, she's up until this point, you know, thought like she was the problem and whatever. And I think at this point in time, she's like, you know, Tamlin betrayed me. Like he just left yeah. me here. Yeah. And without feeling remorseful, he didn't even like turn around and look at her. He just kept walking. And so she is feeling so heartbroken. So Feyre is kind of hearing bits and pieces of what's going on um, outside of her episode, (laughs) her breakdown. And she hears she's like scooped up into the arms of someone. She can tell it's a woman just by like the feel of the body against her. And Alice tells this person that scooped her up to please take care of her, which coming from Alice, like that means so much because Alice has been like a nurturing, like motherly figure to Feyre throughout the entire first book. Who has seen her wasting away this entire time back home. Yeah. And Alice is not only does she care for Feyre personally, but she also feels extremely indebted to her because of what she did under the mountain. And like Alice has been reunited with her nephews since Amarantha's reign has ended. Like Alice is so, she feels so indebted to Feyre and cares for Feyre so much. So that moment is like really touching. So it turns out the person who has scooped her up is Morrigan, um, Reese's cousin from the night court. She takes Feyre somewhere outside of spring court territory. Um, and then Reese winnows her the rest of the way to the night court. Yes. And so we um, get to, you know, Feyre, she wakes up basically in nothing but um, sunlight and open space and she feels relaxed. She's slept. She is a little disoriented, doesn't know where she is. She wakes up and sees that Reese is there and that she is back in the night court and that he's rescued her. And basically he explains, you know, we had to do everything by the book. Like I was not going to leave you there, but if you want to go back, just let me know. I will take you back. But if you don't want to, like you have a home here basically. Um, so he knows like, Obviously, the situation there is dire. It's not good. Um, And so he's like, you know what? Get some sleep, rest here. I have some business to attend to and the other parts of my court. And she's like, don't leave me here. Like, just take me with you. She's like, Tamler would never take me with him. Like, please just take me with you. And Reese is like, of course, I'm not going to leave you here. He's like, however, what you see, like, you cannot tell anybody because this is like a very special part of my court. No one knows about it. And so she's like, yep, I promise like, I will not tell anybody. He's like, awesome. Then we are going to Valaris, the city of Starlight. And so this brings us to the next part, which is um, the House of Wind. Reese has told Farah about this city they're about to go to. He's telling her 
it's been guarded for 5,000 years. Like nobody knows about it except for people in the night court. And Farah is like, well, that means like, if my math is right, that means that Amarantha did not destroy this now city. I can't read, but <laughs> now I can't read, but I know that 50 years is less than 5,000. And <laughs> so she is like, that's crazy. Like that doesn't even make sense to her because at the spring court, like they've been rebuilding, like in, in the aftermath <laughs> of Amarantha, every city has been destroyed. So she's like not even able to fathom this. So Reese has winnowed them into a townhouse that he tells her is like her other, it's one of his homes in the city of Valaris. And while he's explaining all this to her, some people arrive outside the house and are like yelling to be let in. And Farah's like, what is going what on? Is this? <laughs> She's like a little bit alarmed, but he's like, no, those are just like, those are like those members my of dog. my, <laughs> what'd you say? So those are my pet dogs. <laughs> those are my pet dogs. Yeah. So those are Reese's pets. And he's like, you can choose to like meet them now if you want. But Farah's like, no, like I'm wiped. I'm scared. And so she just goes upstairs and she just takes a little nappy nap. When she wakes up, though, Reese is like offering to give her a tour of the city. So he's taking her around town. He's explaining how this place has been a secret and like his ancestors had it like be a secret when they founded it. They wanted it to be a place of peace. And so he gets to like this point of the city and it's called the rainbow of Valaris. And so this place is like basically the artist's quarter. So there's like people like who do music and dancing and, and painting. And so Farah sees this store and it's full of like painting supplies and art. And she I is just, <laughs> oh, she hates the sight of it because it just breaks her heart. Like she can't, she can't paint anymore. So that one tie that she had left to like joy and humanity is gone and so it just makes her depressed she tells Reese she wants to go home she's like angry she's feeling like how could Reese like do this how could he not open this place up as a sanctuary she thinks that it's selfish of him that he kept this secret while all the other cities in Prithian were suffering and so she is having a really hard time like justifying that in her mind you know, Reese is like, my people are faultless. Like they didn't do anything. This is a hundred percent my choice. And he, he talks about it a little bit later as well. You know, what exactly he did have to sacrifice um, for the sake of this city. And she's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. It's not their fault. Um, she's like, I'm just tired, you know, let's do this dinner. And he was like, awesome. You know, let me give you a little recap on who's going to be here going over Cassian and Asriel more. And then he's like, and also Amran who is this insanely powerful creature who looks like high fey, but is not high fey. And he's like, basically like, don't trifle with Amran, like leave her alone. And <laughs> Pharaoh's like, you know what? Like maybe I deserve to be ended by a creature like Amran. And Reese is like, Ooh, I think not grabs her. And he's like, don't you ever, ever think anything like that again. He was like, not for one damn moment. Do you think like that? Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, that's a big moment for Farah. No one's told her like, hey, you're worth something. And so she's like, oh, okay, like, sure. And she can see, not only see how much he cares in that moment, but she can feel it because this bond between them, she is so like taken aback by how passionate he is about like 
her being worth something as she's looking into his eyes she shifts into his mind accidentally again and sees from his eyes like she did with Lucian earlier when she lost her temper and so, so she can see like, what is like a shell of a woman she's become like just yeah. skin and bones and circles under her eyes and oh. she didn't realize like how weak she looked she's like wow I look horrible and so (laughs) Reese is a little taken aback too he's like how'd you get past my mental shields and she's like I don't know it was an accident um and so he's explaining to her that like this power the people who are able to slip into each other's minds like that are called demati and they there are not very many of them it's a very rare gift but he's explaining that she also has this gift most likely because it's from his bit of power that brought her back to life Yes. And so um, they get ready for dinner. She's decided, you know, since Tamlin's court dresses up, she needs to dress up because she's not sure what to expect. Um, Reese is like, hey, I have to fly you up here, actually. And she's like, mm, absolutely not. Um, he's like, well, you can either, you know, fly with me or climb up 10,000 steps. And I'm sure not doing that. And so <laughs> ends up flying her up to what's called the House of Wind. It's his second home in Belarus. Um, so they get there and she's looking at the expanse of what this city is. She's absolutely just amazed that something like this even exists and how sad it is that she let Tamlin ne- like not let her see any parts of his court, never travel to any other parts of his court. And so she had no idea how expansive Prithian was and what all it entails. And so um, they end up playing this game, you know, a thought for a thought, basically, you know, Reese told her a little bit about himself and why he did the things that he did, you know, what's on his mind. It's just a good opportunity for Feyre to kind of break down another wall that she's built up and basically admits to him, you know, like, I think that I am lonely and I'm hopeless and I let myself fall in love with the first thing that showed me any sort of kindness and um, I let myself be caged in. And so again, just another moment for her to start really getting some of that self-realization that she did let Tamlin kind of run her life and that, you know, she let him put her in a cage and that she is ready to take that next step and kind of start getting her own life back. They have dinner together. Like you said, she had dressed up because at the spring court, everything was very formal and by the book. And she arrives at this dinner and I mean, more is dressed up too, but so that's just more likes to look good. So is Reese, but like Cassian and Asriel are kind of more dressed down. Um, I can't we remember if it talked about Amran's outfit. She probably was wearing something she nice. Came in later, but I mean, Cassian and Asriel, they're first people that she meets in the house mm-hmm. of wind and she turns around and she's like, holy cow, like, I guess everyone is just freaking gorgeous here. Crazy. Yeah. She's like, oh, <laughs> like, Okay cool and wow. so Cassian it like keeps calling Reese brother and she's like are you guys like related and he's like no like we're brothers in a sense that like all bastards are brothers and so Cassian we find out is like the bastard of this like laundress for an Illyrian war camp and um he is the head of Reese's um armies and then Azriel is his spy keeper who you know keeps all the secrets and heads off all his spy work networks and stuff. And so um, she starts, you know, seeing how the inner circle really kind of works together and what they all do for him, but also how he treats them like family. And even though they do work for him, um, they are still like their own people. It's very much a family and it's very casual and it's like they work for Reese, but it's out of a sense of 
loyalty and duty and family rather than necessity and yeah fear. like Lucian was like basically at that point at the beginning of this book he was like loyal to Tamlin but like because he was a coward like He's scared of him yeah if any one of the members of Reese's inner circle disagreed with Reese they would tell him and so Farah's realizing like this is a much different dynamic than what was going on in the spring court and so she is getting to know like the backstory of everyone they're asking questions about her too and she explains her history as a human <laughs> before she was like under the mountain and so at the end of the dinner she tells Reese I will work with you guys. And they're all like, oh, like, I didn't realize this was an interview. (laughs) And so she, even Reese is a little bit surprised. She can feel like a flicker of like pleasant surprise down their bond that they share. So Reese is like, well, that's good though, because we have a lot to accomplish. So he explains to the rest of the inner circle, the war, he knows that they're resurrecting Jurian. Yeah. So Jurian, if you recall, is the human who led um, in the war against, yeah, against the king. So he led the rebellion. And he died because he and Amarantha got into it um, over her sister because Jurian had like pretended to like love her sister and then killed her. Anyway, so he's like the king is resurrecting Jurian to like, lead ooh. this army. And they're all like Jurian. And Pharaoh's like, oh, wait, like what's what's the tea? What's a Jurian? <laughs> what's a Jurian? And so they explain everything to Pharaoh who Jury like his significance so they're like, there's no way you can't resurrect someone from just like his bone and his eyeball because Amarantha wore his bone on a necklace and his eye and a ring. And he's like, the only way we'll know for sure is by talking to the bone carver. And Feyre's like, that sounds scary. Who's that? And they're like, he lives in the prison. And Feyre's like, a prison? I'm not interested in going into a prison. Um, That triggers my PTSD. But Reese is like, I'm sorry. It has to be you and me because like the bone carver's interested in you specifically, Farah. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. Like, how bad can it be? And like, pretty bad. Yeah. They all say pretty bad. And she's like, okay, well, that's not good. (laughs) Well, I'm not going back now. All right, so cut to Farah and Reese leaving um, the dinner. He flies her back to the townhome. Um, and Farah is, you know, basically asking him, what, what did you do to keep Valaris a secret? And Reese is like, you know what I did. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, he was Amaranthus whore. He basically gave himself a way to protect the secrets of this city. Um, and she knows that, you know, he's not a monster, but he was willing to become one to protect his people. Um, so they get back home. Thera has like her recurring nightmare. She wakes up, you know, just screaming her head off. And Reese is there waking her up like, hey, you need to snap out of it. Um, so she races to the bathroom, throws up like she always does. And Reese is right there, basically comforts her through it, walks her through it. She is like throwing up fire. She's got talons, like her powers are out of control. <laughs> and so <laughs> he's trying to like talk her off a cliff, basically, and like, Tells her is know. more than Tamlin ever did. He always yeah, at least he, to just like, be asleep still. Yeah, Reese like heard her from down the hall and was like, whoa. 
Yeah. That's not good. (laughs) But basically rubs her back and he explains, you know, he has nightmares too. He has the same ones every night and there are ways for her to cope and that it's something that, you know, he's willing to help them her with. Um, Next morning, they wake up to go to the bone carver and they get to the entrance and Feyre realizes, oh, hey, I have to go underground. Like, ain't no way that's happening. And so she basically freaks out, can't do it. And she's like, I need to go back home. Like, I can't do this. So Reese takes her back home. She ends up just going to bed, sleeps the rest of the day. She again, just is spiraling. She's like, I'm useless, whatever. Um, wakes up and old Amron standing at the end of her bed is basically when I think of Amron, I think of Edna Mode from. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Tiny short. Absolutely. She's basically like, (laughs) girl, get it together. Like, I'm going to give you this amulet. It is what I used when I escaped the prison the first time around. She's like, and if you wear it, you will be able to get out of there. And so Feyre has like this newfound sense of um, like confidence in herself. And she's like, yes, I can do this. If I have this amulet, this amulet is going to protect me and I'll be able to leave and it'll be fine. And so she goes back to the bone carver with Reese and he explains to her that basically it's like its own little territory, possibly even an eighth court at one point in time, and that it falls under his jurisdiction. So they get under there, they're walking through this prison and they come across this giant like gate of bones and immediately walking in, she hears this creepy, creepy voice and she sees what looks to be like a little boy who has dark hair, bright blue eyes, and is based, but talking like he is like a thousand years old. It's very disconcerting. She's like, um, you're like very off-putting. Has anyone ever told you that before? extremely creepy. <laughs> um, and Reese had told her like he will appear to everybody a little differently. He does not appear to everybody the same way. And so whatever Reese was seeing was different than what she was seeing. Basically, like she had give, been given the script, like a question for a question. And he's like, give me something too. And so Reese pulls out this calf bone and he was like, this is the bone from the Middengard worm and that killed the Middengard worm in the first trial that Pharaoh had. And so that was like their trading token, essentially. Um, but Pharaoh is able to exchange questions um, for, you know, what was going to be happening, what the cauldron was, you know, what Highburn was after. But in exchange, the bone carver was like, I want to know what happened when you died. Um, and ends up, you know, kind of spilling her guts and is like, yeah, um, I wanted to die. But then when I actually did die, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to die. She offered it's up a- some pretty raw <laughs> truths. Was peeled raw at this moment, and Reese is there, just like he's like, oh, trying not to listen because like he's like getting ready to cry in the corner. He's like, God damn it, didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, like Reese doesn't like to hear it. Farah can tell he's tense, but like the bone carver is intrigued. Like this is what he wants to hear. So okay, Reese is distraught. Farah's like. It's fine. Honestly, (laughs) I needed to vent this to someone. So I don't think she really minds like saying it out loud at this point. So the bone carver tells them that there's a cauldron, the cauldron that created the world, basically. And in order to make the cauldron less powerful, at some point, the, the feet that the cauldron rests on, there's three of them, had been severed from the main part. But those feet were hidden in temples. And now there's been attacks going on um, at all the temples. And so they know that like whoever has the cauldron has been getting these like feet back for the cauldron. So it has its full power. And so 
if the cauldron is all in one piece, Jurian can be resurrected from that. And so the bone carver tells them there is something called the Book of Breathings. And it was basically created to nullify the power of the cauldron. But there's two halves. One's in possession of the fae people. One's in possession by the mortal human people. And only someone who has been made can read from this book. And who was just made into a fae? Who was made, you might ask? It's our bestie, Farah. So... They're leaving, and as they're leaving, the bone carver's like, Feyre, I'm going to carve your death into this bone that you brought me. Like, thank you so much for this gift. I love it. (laughs) Perfect. Yes, so they return from the prison. They go back home. They um, tell the inner circle everything that they learned. She basically is like, you know, we'll need to find the second half of this book of breathings. We'll have to go to the summer court. So Reese writes up like this whole letter to them, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but, you know, before we do that, we need to make sure that you can actually like find this stuff that you can actually track down and retrieve what we need you to. And so he was explaining that because Feyre contains a little bit of power from all the seven high lords, she basically has like seven fingerprints. And should potentially be able to become like their essence and like find things that had previously belonged to them. And so to test this theory, he's like, you know where we're going? We're going to the Weavers. And everyone's like, absolutely not. We're not going everyone's to the Weavers. Everyone's like, please, God, no. Don't do that. Like, are you stupid? And he's like, nope, we're going to go. And he's like, and also I'm going to make you my emissary to the human realm. One more name for you. And so they go the next day. He's like, get up. We're going to the Weaver's house. And so he helps her like get dressed. A really nice moment between them. He's on his knees before her. And I was like, good for you. Um, no, she's like kind of enjoying the sight of it. <laughs> I really enjoyed that myself. So anyway, puts her in fighting leathers, tells her you can only take this knife because she can sense if something new comes into her home and like drops her off in the middle of the woods. So they're getting this game plan together. She is nervous. She is scared. And so to to kind of distract her, he starts teasing her, he kind of flirts with her, gets her pissed off, but also she wants him. Reese is like, good, now that you're in a great mindset, like, let's freaking do it, disappears just off the face <laughs> of the earth. And he's like, good luck. Here is this tiny little creepy cabin. Looks super nice from the outside, gets in there. There's a nice lady singing in there. She's beautiful from the backside. She's weaving her stuff. And Farrah's like, yeah, I'll just be in and out of here super quick. No big deal. And so she's sneaking around and the lady is singing this creepy song, like super creepy. We'll talk about it later. I've got some theories about it anyway she is like searching around searching around finally something like kind of catches like her attention she hears something and she's like yep that's it that's what i need that's what i came for walks over it's a ring and she's like yeah it makes sense that reese would have me grab a ring second she picks it up this lady stops singing stops doing what she's doing and figure is like oh (laughs) and so immediately like starts sneaking on back to the door door snick shut locks from the outside door handles gone and she's like that's probably not good goes to the window no window latch she is stuck in there lady's like who is in my house turns around freaking something from your nightmares is what this lady is like she's blind first of all she can only smell people that's and she hears really well. Yeah. That's how she knew Fair was in there. Um, anyway, her face is like caved in. She's got no eyes. Like she's basically molding from the inside out. <laughs> and it's disgusting. Yeah, hate that. And so Farah is panicking and she's like, what am I going to do? She stops and she's like, nope, I'm a freaking wolf. Like I'm going to get out of here. She's like, you know how I'm going to get out of here? I'm going to climb up this chimney. 
start climbing up this chimney, immediately realizes there is like freaking people grease and hair and bones <laughs> in this chimney. And she is full on having a panic attack and is like, I'm going to die in this chimney. This lady's going to pull me down and freaking gnaw on my toe bones. Like that is the end of me. Not the toe and, bones. <laughs> so she's having an absolute time in the chimney. Realizes she's like, you know what? I'm freaking strong. Like I can get out of here. Remembers, you know, she's of godsend to man itself punches a hole in the chimney knocks that bad dad out off the off the chimney whatever the weaver um she like takes a brick and throws it at her face smashes her face in (laughs) climbs up the chimney she is scampering across the roof through the trees the weaver is freaking out like upset that somebody has stolen from her and so she finds reese reese is like dude what did you do and she's like get me the fuck out of here (laughs) covered in her like like covered in people grease and hair (laughs) they get back to the um house of wind they winnow back in and everyone is like uh bro what happened yeah and amarin's like feyre you smell like barbecue (laughs) (laughs) delicious (laughs) so feyre like she's like i got the stupid ring and she just wants a bath so reese winnows her back to the townhouse and he's like Feyre, like, let's do a little exercise. You try to get past my shields. And Feyre's like, no. And he's like, okay, a little incentive for you. I'll tell you why I hate Ianthe so much. If you get past my shields, like, you can see it in my brain. She tries her best, but she can't get past his shields. But he's like, okay, since you tried. So he shows Feyre a, a memory. For you. <laughs> Just a little morsel. And um, he shows Feyre this memory. Ianthe had, like, tried to seduce Reese. This was, like, 100 years ago. But she was, like, lying naked on his bed when he got to his room. And he was, like, get out. And she was, like, no, we could be so powerful together. And he's, like, I said get out. And she had, like, reached for his unmentionables. Like, she was just about to feel him in a pop of feel. Yeah, so he, like, stopped her hand with his mind powers, stopped it, and, like, broke her hand and was like, do not touch me, do not touch a man in my court, like, get out, you're disgusting. And so, yeah, so he showed Feyre that memory and, like, leaves her with that. And Feyre, like, while she's alone, she's, like, piecing together, like, oh, man, like, what if that's why Lucian hates her? Like, what if she did that to Lucian? What if she's doing that now to Tamlin, like, now that I'm not there and she's like oh I can't think about that and she also is like oh my gosh the fact that Reese did what Ianthe was trying to get him to do Reese did that with Amarantha to protect his people and to protect Valaris and so she's realizing like this man gave up so much of himself for his people so the book of breathings that the bone carver had described is in two halves like we talked about so the, the half that's possessed by the human people is possessed by the mortal queens of the human realm. Um, so the inner circle has to make connections to them. The only humans Feyre can trust with this are her sisters, obviously. So she's like, we need to go to my family's home. I need to talk to Nesta and Elaine. And we need to just like kind of make this like a, an embassy of sorts to like have meetings with these mortal queens. And so Reese, Cassian, and Azriel fly Feyre there. And when Feyre arrives, like 
this servant opens the door and she like Feyre has her hood up to like conceal her fey ears but the servant is like clearly something is off about you (laughs) she's like I don't trust you but Elaine comes to the door and she's like Feyre oh my god like I missed you and the servant's like hey Elaine where the hell have you been Loka um dead brought back to life and traumatized what about you bestie (laughs) so Elaine is like, come in, come in. And Nesta is like a little bit off put, but she's like, whatever. So when they're alone, Feyre and her sisters, she takes down her hood and they're like, gasp. Oh my God, you're a high fae. And Feyre explains everything that happened. She explains the impending war and like what they need from her sisters. Like they need like an embassy in the human realms. And Nesta's like, no, absolutely not. We won't do it. And Elaine can't risk it because she's engaged to a mortal lord's son who they are like, they're completely against the fae. Like they hunt fae down in the human realm. So she's like, we cannot risk this. We cannot risk our social standing. And Elaine is like, we need to hear them out. There won't be anything to protect if the King of Highburn like tears down this wall and and everything gets like incinerated and incinerated. <laughs> yeah, because like the threat of the Fae invading exists. And so Elaine's like, listen, we have to, we have to like pair up with these fae the good fae somehow Elaine is the voice of reason in this situation which is surprising for a lot of reasons it's surprising it's a little out of character for her oh also Feyre asked she's like where's dad (laughs) and they're like like, oh he's gone he's gone he heard there's a threat above the wall so he went to like some meeting about that and Feyre's like okay interesting Anyway, Feyre introduces the Fae to her sisters. They have a really awkward dinner. And Nesta's like, okay, I'm sure you guys want to stay the night, right? And Feyre's like, I mean, sure. Like, yeah, that's probably for the best. So they stay up late drafting this letter to the queens, like explaining everything. Cassian and Azrael stay in one room and Reese and Feyre stay in the adjoining room. And Reese is like, Feyre... I got to admit, it's really hard for me to be nice to your sisters. <laughs> they fucking suck. <laughs> they suck. And he's like, I cannot believe like how they treated you. They were horrible to you. And it's like so hard for me to pretend to like be able to like put up with that. Feyre also like he, I don't know if he straight up asked her like when her birthday was. I think he did. He did. Cause he was like, yeah, you're getting... Um, you're, you get a salary from me. Also, when's your birthday? And she's like, that's oh. a weird change of subject for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I'm sure he gives everyone birthday gifts to be fair. Like everyone in his inner He seems circle. like the type of guy who would give like really good gifts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's very thoughtful. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in love with him. What? <laughs> what? <It's fine>. Anyways. <laughs> so Pharaoh's like, oh yeah, my birthday is the winter solstice. And he's like, Shut what? the front door. <laughs> what? Because the winter solstice is the longest night of the year. So we'll Isn't talk more something? about that later. That's special. Um, anyway, the next morning, um, Feyre and Reese, they go to train in the woods far away so that they can't set anything on fire. Um, <laughs> anyway, Feyre's like, dog, you need to go somewhere else because you are distracting. Yeah. And so Reese goes back to the house and he's like, you know, just give me a shout if you need anything. He's, she's like, like shout at the bond. He's like, yeah. Or like 
<laughs> rub it on yourself. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Certain body parts <laughs> might, might make him come faster. <laughs> That's a double entendre. Um, <laughs> And so anyway, she's practicing, blah, blah, blah. He starts sending her little cute notes. They're passing notes back and forth, like, so much, so cute that she doesn't realize there's a freaking hulking beast behind her ready to kidnap her. So something grabs her. Who is it? It's the adder. All of a sudden, it is pitch black out, like, night bursts out of nowhere. The adder just freaks out, starts screaming. Who is it? Yeah, because it's a little bitch. Yeah, it is. It's such a freaking coward. How does the adder keep surviving? It's insane. I, I don't know. Anyway, so Reese turns out knew something. Something had to be stalking Feyre, and he was just waiting. And so Feyre's pissed because she's like, don't ever use me as bait again. And like attacks him, like tackles him in the snow, learns how to winnow. And Reese is like just flabbergasted. He's like, Feyre can winnow. This is dope. And he was so proud of her for using her powers. And she's pissed off and like, just so, like, take me home. Like, I want to go with someone else. Azriel's taking the adder back to the court of nightmares. So they end up going back home and Reese disappears, leaves Farah in the foyer of the townhome. And so she's reading, he comes back in an hour later and it was like, do you want to see like what happened? Kind of like an olive branch, almost like, I know you're pissed at me. Like, let me show you what was going on. And she's like, of course I want to see it. And so it shows from Reese's point of view and Reese's mindset, you know, what exactly happened with the adder. Basically the adder tells them like the King of Hybern has a huge army as big as what it was 500 years ago, the first time the war came around and that he has spies in like every territory and that they are, you know, ready to attack on Prithian and tear down the wall essentially we get all this information from Azrael from the adder while he's torturing him Feyre not super phased by it she's like I understand you got to do what you got to do um was like does Azrael like doing this and Reese is like probably I'm like yeah probably <laughs> like as seems like he's probably a freak I don't he's know. a little twisted he's a little, a little sadistic twisty. but you I know like what that. we're into it it works for him okay so Feyre is like you know what I want to tell Tamlin because okay so <laughs> Let me start over. Hear me out. <laughs> the adder is basically like Tamlin will like do whatever it takes to like get back what's his, like implying that Tamlin thinks that Pharaoh was stolen from his court. And so Pharaoh's like, listen, I need to write a note to Tamlin. So she tells Reese, like, mail this out for me. She writes a note for him and she's like, Tamlin, I want to thank you for everything you did for me. Like, you really like you loved me in a way that I needed to be loved and I loved you too but like listen I gotta go my own way <laughs> and I left <laughs> and um she tells him like I left on purpose like it was my choice I'm safe I'm cared for like don't come looking for me like forever Here's yours. my number <laughs> xoxo so anyway, next day, uh, favorite is training with Cassian and um, up on the roof of the House of Wind, Asriel and Reese are sparring nearby. Thera, you know, for the first time in a long time, she gets a flash of inspiration for a painting she'd want to do while Reese and um, Asriel are fighting. And so um, really kind of kickstarts like that creative part of her brain that she really just thought had died a long time ago. And she's like, oh, well, maybe it's not fully gone. And this whole my heart is not going to kill me. Um, <laughs> so they take a break and Cassian kind of starts asking Farah like, are we going to talk about, you know, what happened? Like, why, why are you sending this letter to Tamlin? Like, you're not going back to the Supreme Court. Like, what's going on? And so basically she was like, 
mind your business. Like, are we going to talk about, you know, why you and more have this unfinished history? And he was like, yeah, that's kind of old news. Like you are way late on that. <laughs> and so she's pissed off and Cassian's pissed off. He's like, let's take this out in the ring. And she's like, basically like, I'm fine. Cassian's like, fine is good. And so then she starts realizing like, fine is not good. <laughs> and like the stuff that Tamlin did to her was messed up and she's starting to really realize like how messed up it actually is. And she's like, Oh shit. Like I was being like abused. I'm like, yeah, girl, you were. (laughs) And so like this whole, just like come to Jesus moment for Farah. And she was like, he trapped me in there and he wasn't gonna let me out. And he basically like just used me until I was not helpful anymore and tossed me aside and was just like, good luck to you. Yeah. And And she was like, I fought for him under the mountain. I fought for him. I shattered for him. And whenever we had a moment alone together, he didn't try to get me out of there. He tried to fuck me. And she's like, that's horrible. Like, how did I settle? Yeah. And so she's having this whole moment and like, as she's punching, like punches Cassian's like bare skin realizes she is like burnt through her gloves, burnt through his punching bags. Like, um, she has just gone full on like inferno and Cassian's (laughs) like, Hey, it's cool. And so she's having a moment Reese, you know, suddenly like kind of captures her within his wings and like kind of talks her down off of this cliff again, just another moment for them to, you know, kind of balance each other out, kind of anchor each other. Cause he's been there. He understands. And all he wants to do is really, you know, kind of help her find her own peace. Feyre and Cassian continue training after they've had this very nice moment together. And um, while they're sparring, Reese arrives, let's know. Summer Court has called them back. They are ready to go. They're going to go visit them and hopefully find the Book of Breathings. Reese decides that obviously he and Feyre are going to the Summer Court. And so they're also going to take Amryn. Because Cassian is banned from the Summer Court. So they go and they meet uh, the High Lord, who is basically a fresh high lord like he is only like 80 years old or something which is like ridiculously (laughs) young young. in their world yeah so he his name is Tarquin they also meet princess Cressida and Prince Varian and so Tarquin (laughs) is like clearly he's intrigued at the fact that Feyre is now living in the night court because it was such a spectacle under the mountain like her fighting for her love for Tamlin And so there's a lot of unanswered questions for a lot of people. Uh, Tarquin notices that Feyre staring out at the beautiful view. And he's like, what are the most beautiful lands that you've seen? And Feyre's like, that's a trick question, isn't it? She's very much like avoiding his questions, like trying to be really tactful and also trying to play the role of someone who's not intimidated by him. Um, She's even kind of flirting with him a bit because they want a favor from this man. They don't exactly know how they're going to go about getting this book. They're assuming they're going to have to steal it. So they're going to have to like earn his trust either way. But Tarquin is very much like into this. He is very intrigued by her like mysterious demeanor And he's like, so how do you fit into the night court anyway? And Reese is like, well, Feyre's my emissary to the mortal lands. And Reese is like, on that note, let's talk about this war that's coming up. And Princess Cressida is like, hey, maybe like we should worry about the spring court because I think Tamlin would start a war to like steal Feyre back. 
And Farah is like, no, I wrote him a letter. I told him like, don't do that. I left of my own will. And Cressida is like, well, it's a good thing Tamlin respects your decisions because it's not actually up to you because since you're his bride, you're a high Lord's bride, the law states that like he can come claim you at any moment. And Farah is like, oh, well, that's barbaric. That's and Reese, messed up. <laughs> is like, back the fuck off. And um, if you tell Tamlin that Farah's here, I'll kill you. So later they go out with the summer court and Farah's asking like Tarquin, how do you keep your treasures safe from Amarantha? She's like, play it cool. And he's like, they were hidden away before like she took over because we knew shit was going down. And so she's like, oh, okay, well, my dad was actually the prince of merchants. And like, I would love to compare Faye treasure treasures to human treasures treasures and so he's like yeah that absolutely makes sense like I'll show you after lunchtime tomorrow it'll be fun and so he they're having like a little bit of a conversation and about the war and he's like would you fight for your mortal family like if it comes to it and Farah's like yeah I would actually And so he now feels comfortable enough to tell Feyre, like, he wants to see a version of Prithian where all Feyre are created equal. She tells him, that is really beautiful, and it would be really easy to fall in love with you. She's having this bonding moment with Tarquin, but she looks over and sees Reese has got the princess, like, in his lap. And she is jealous. You hate to see it. And she is like, wow. I'm lonely (laughs) and I'm unhappy. And so she thinks about all the times that like her and Reese have like this really tense, awkward, like moment, but then like nothing ever happens. He never pursues her. And she's like jealous. She's like, why doesn't he pursue me like that? Um, Yeah. The next day, like she skips breakfast. She goes straight to Tarquin meets, meets with him and they're like, yep, let's go ahead start checking out these treasure chests that you have here completely ignoring recent even though he is desperately trying to get her attention um to the point where she's like i'm going to flirt with tarquin a little bit like gives him this like pretty smile and you can tell reese is just like pissed so tarquin takes her to see all of his treasure troves and pharaoh's admiring everything that they have stops by sees like this really pretty necklace that has black diamonds and tarquin's like please take this and she's like nope i won't be doing that and he was like yep take it as a thank you you know if you won't do it for being you know a good friend and a good listener take it because you literally saved all of us then Feyre has this whole sudden like complex because she's like now I have to steal from this guy and he's just being very kind to me and like genuinely just wants to be our friend she's like maybe I can just ask him for the book and then she's like no I don't think I can Um, and so then Tarquin starts asking some questions and like you can tell he's trying to kind of just feel her out see where her and Reese are at with everything and she's like dude I can't tell you anything like (laughs) I can't do that like quit asking you know and he's like I'm sorry you know like I'm very new to this I'm still trying to figure out how to play the game but like if anything ever changes like be an emissary to both of our lands be an emissary you know for the night court and for the summer court he was like we would love to have you um so when Feyre returns to her room she does find Rhysand waiting for her um he is not happy and is like mm, do you like him and she's <laughs> like are you jealous <laughs> and she's like what about you and Crusada? like you have no room to talk to you and he's like oh so you're jealous and so just kind of a little bit of back and forth there 
And Reese was like, yeah, you know what? I am jealous because I will never get to have what Tarquin has because he is neutral ground. He's never going to have to like fight for anything. Like his family's not going to be hunted like mine was. And he's like, and yeah, it sucks. Like I just want somebody basically who can love me for me and that's not going to happen. And so on top of that, he's like, I'm also jealous, you know, that you smiled at him, that you gave him attention. And he's like, I want that. And so, you know, kind of puts him back on equal footing again and talks to Feyre a little bit about why he saved Tarquin's life under the mountain and, you know, how he did see him as a very good male and that they want the same things and that um, as much as he does want to just be able to ask him for the book of breathings, like he knows what they have to do. And so Feyre is on the same page. She's like, yeah, I want equality for everybody. I love that as well. And so basically like asks Reese to toast with her in the best quote in the entire book. It's, it's one that everybody knows. It's um, to the people who look at the stars and wish Reese, he picked up his glass, his gaze so piercing that I wondered why I bothered blushing at all for Tarquin. Reese clinked his gas, the glass against mine to the stars who listen in the dreams that are answered. That's so cute. It's so cute. I love it. So like my favorite quotes. Uh, it's so good. I think, yeah, that's the one everyone knows from this series for sure. So Farah, the next few days, she has not located, like she's trying to use her power from the summer court to locate where this book is because it's been warded and protected with summer court magic. So she's kind of like going all over town, like trying not to look suspicious, suspicious while she's doing it. Then she sees it's a low tide and there's this temple ruin out there that she hasn't noticed before. And it's like pulling at her, but she can't get close enough to like see if the book is actually there or not. So she's like, I need to know for sure. So they're like at dinner and she asks Tarquin, she's like, take me out on the town and like, let's go on a walk. And I also, I saw this temple ruin that looks super cool and I want to go see it. And so he, he immediately is like, I, uh, it's just a temple. It's just muddy and gross. And so Reese, Farah, and Amran get together and they're like, okay, that's absolutely where it is. So we're going to go tomorrow night. The next night comes, Farah and Amran are like dropped off at the temple and Reese is like, I'm going to patrol the skies. So he's flying Good luck to you guys. (laughs) Good luck. Um, Don't die. So Farah like channels her powers that belong to the summer court to be able to unlock the door. And immediately they feel this immense power. And Farah's like listening to where the book's coming from. And so they're like following all the way there to the book. Like she's just like hearing this book and Amron can sense it too, because apparently it's like putting out this like just immense sense of power that like dampens their own powers. Farah gets up to the book and the book is like asking, who are you? And Farah's like, well, I'm Tarquin, High Lord of the Summer Court. Who are you? (laughs) the owner of this house um the book is like okay cool so Farah picks it up and immediately the book's like liar (laughs) and so very dramatic (laughs) the book is very dramatic so the book gets pissed that she's a liar and immediately sets off a booby trap and so water is pouring from the ocean into this building and she and Amarin are like we gotta go 
Amarin is realizing her powers are dampened by like the book being nearby. So she's having a hard time, like even holding the door open for Feyre. Um, but they're swimming, they're running, like the water is climbing to the surface. They're like running out of air, getting desperate, like trying to open this door. And then all of a sudden the door gets ripped off from the outside and it's a water wraith. And so these wraiths grab Feyre and Amran. They like drag them to safety. And the water wraith is like telling Feyre, like our sister's debt is paid. And they just like leave them on the shore, like vomiting up water. (laughs) But Reese shows up and he's like, guys, what the absolute fuck? Like you set off every alarm in there. I had to knock out so many guards and they're like, Reese. It tried to kill us. We almost drowned. And he was like, oh, so maybe this is a conversation for later. He windows them home. He's like, Feyre, open the book. So the book is like talking to Feyre. It's like, who are you? Feyre, curse breaker, blah, blah, blah. I already know who you are. And so Feyre gets the book open. And Amran's looking at that. And she is like, that is the ancient holy tongue. And Reese is like, why do you think I wanted you to look at it? Like, I need you to decode it because Amarin is from like this ancient world that existed before Prithian did. She came through like a rift that just appeared one day. Yeah. Like when the cauldron created the world, it like created rifts. And so these like entities could come through like timelines and universes and like Amarin just happened to get trapped here in this one. And so... He's like, I'm hoping that when you decode it, you can also find whatever it is you need to get home. So Feyre lets down her mental shield a little bit to talk down to the bond to Reese, like in her mind. And it says, I inclined my head slightly and lowered my shield only long enough to say to the dreams that are answered. A heartbeat later, a sensual caress trailed along my mental shields, a polite request. I let it drop, let him in, and his voice filled my head. To the huntresses who remember to reach back for those less fortunate and water rays who swim very, very fast. So it's kind of like a recall to that moment they had before at the summer court. And he's telling Feyre, like, it's your empathy that saved you. It's the fact that you helped that water race during the tithe and the spring court that saved you. And so it's like a reminder to her that like, what she's doing, like this, like moral code that she's living by is what is building these relationships that are helping her get by. And I don't think she's ever really like realized that before. And so it's kind of a reminder to her that like, having this a is human heart and a fey body is like very important. Yeah, exactly. Because she is like, she's super empathetic and it's, it's to her benefit. Like, people appreciate her for that you know a few days pass and they've just been kind of doing their own thing training whatever um so Farah um ends up going to the rooftop one day to um do some reading it's relatively warm out she finds Reese up there who is just kind of skulking and he shows her that the summer court has sent them a message and it came in the form of blood rubies so essentially they have like a limited amount of days to live <laughs> according to the summer court. Um, <laughs> and so he's just upset because, you know, he really thought 
him and Tarquin would be friends. And obviously Tarquin feels betrayed because they did steal from them. And um, yeah. Reese was sloppy with how they ended up getting out. And so um, he is just inconsolable. And so Feyre, you know, thinking back to all the times that Reese helped her and kept reaching out and, you know, getting her out of this dark spot, she's like, I'm going to help him. And the best way to do that is through sex. And <laughs> so she's like, yeah, so you said, you know, you're giving me a salary and everything. Can I use it to buy lingerie that I can send to Tarquin? Like, maybe that'll help us out of this bind. And he was like, yeah, not in the mood, dog. Like, don't care. And he was like, oh, man, like, I was going to invite you to come with me. And he was like, oh, okay. And so really just a lot of back and forth flirting. And it gets to the point where it's like, she's either taking him to this lingerie shop or she's going to be like, ha, I was just kidding. <laughs> Luckily, Asriel, you know, comes in, saves the day. And um, she ends up leaving the rooftop. But as she is leaving, Reese sends a vision down the bond of the two of them going shopping for lingerie, just her and him. And some spicy stuff happens in that lingerie shop. She ends up running into a pole. Which, yeah, you know, she was a bit distracted. She was into it. So a couple days later, you know, Farah is woken up in the middle of the night to just absolute pitch black darkness pouring in through her door. And she's like, what is happening? Like the house is shaking, like crazy stuff is happening. And so she feels a pull in her bond and kind of follows it and finds Reese in his room. And he is having just a full-blown nightmare. Doesn't realize what's going on. His power is like out of control. So she's doing everything that she can to wake him up and um, finally gets him away. He's not sure where he's at, you know, immediately kind of pins her down to the bed, has his claws out, has his wings out and is in like survivor mode. And so she kind of snaps him out of it, uses her own darkness to soothe his darkness and sings him a lullaby, which is really cute. And so when Reese understands that he is dreaming, he kind of snaps out of it and clears everything off and she can see, you know, all of his tattoos and he's naked. That's important. I'm a child. Um, and she sees two tattoos on his knees of a mountain range with three stars above it. So Farah tells him that, you know, if he needs anything, she is there to talk. Farah, she spends the next few weeks like training with Cassian in like combat and like her powers with Reese. They're kind of just waiting to hear back from the queens. And so she's like, as this time is going by, she's learning that she is getting a soft spot for Reese. She looks forward to their time together and they continue to do that thing where they pass notes back and forth. And finally, the mortal queens get back to them and they agree to meet. And so they travel to the Archeron's house. The queens winnow into the house, which everyone's like, oh, (laughs) I didn't know you could do that. The queens are like, nice to meet y'all. And Reese is like, this is Morgan, like from the war. And they're like, flabbergasted. Yeah, because Morgan's like a war hero. So Morgan was, she was an ally to the humans during the war. And she was friends with the mortal queens at the time. So these queens are like, oh, the Morgan? And uh, she's like, yeah, that's me. I was best friends with your, with your ancestors. Great, great, great grandmothers. So the queens are like, okay, listen, we have no intention of protecting this little sliver of land under Prithian. We're focusing on the continent. And they're like, but there's a lot of innocent lives here. Like, don't you think that's worth something? And the queens are like, listen, like we thought about it. 
there's just, it's not worth our resources. And so the inner circle are like shocked. They're outraged. And they're like, you guys are cowards and you have no compassion. And the Queens are like, yeah, also we're not going to give our half of the book to you because we have heard rumors about the night court and you guys are apparently you're horrible. So we're not going to give you the book. And Reese is like, we're not horrible. And they're like, prove it. And so Reese tells the inner circle, like they go home and he meets with the inner circle and he's like, we have to show them Valaris. And they're all like, Reese, like, no, we can't, we can't trust them. And he's like, there's no other way. Like they won't trust us without this proof. And so he's like, we have to go into the hewn city, which is like the main city in the court of nightmares, which is the part of night court that Amarantha modeled under the mountain after so that is where morgan is from originally and that is basically what morgan rules now as like reese's second in command they're like we have to go into the hewn city and steal this orb it's like an orb of truth and it's called the veritas they also tell Feyre about the story of miriam and prince dracon dracon what dracon Draken, Prince Draken, <laughs> and how they like they fought in the war, they joined their peoples together, and they live in peace in like a secret island. Like a lot of people think they're dead. And Pharaoh's like, well, we could just ask them to like send proof. And Reese is like, no, like we won't jeopardize their people's like safety. And it's out of the question. So they're like, okay, we have to go get this orb. So Moore's father, Kier, is like the steward of this city under the mountain and Reese like lets him be in charge quote unquote but really he's just like Reese holds Reese all is the in charge yeah yeah and so is more and like Kier knows it and they resent more so much because like they treated her like garbage and we'll get to that later but like anyway like no one likes going there because no one can stand Moore's family they're all horrible people everyone like in this city they're all just disgusting horrible creatures they're everything that amarantha was inspired by reese is like pharah i kind of don't want you to go and pharah's like no like don't don't do that to me that's what tamlin would do and he's like okay but like here's what needs to happen and she's like i'm in like let's just do it so they're flying to the court of nightmares the next day and reese is like really super tense like he has made it clear he's gonna have to act like a major asshole he's gonna have to act like he did under the mountain and he does not want Feyre to see that and so she can tell he's super tense about it and so she's like trying to joke and flirt with him to distract him and then all of a sudden they're like being shot at with arrows Reese like flies them to safety they don't get hit with any of the arrows but Reese is like what the absolute hell was that like we just got attacked but they don't find any sign of the attackers it's like they just disappeared um we arrive at the hewn city and so there's like this whole grand entrance when reese and the inner circle all come in and um they're looking like bad asses and Honestly, if you want a song to listen to while you read this, I would definitely suggest the or Lion by Saint Mesa. Listen to that while you are reading that chapter. It is 10 out of 10. I've never heard <laughs> it. Okay. So good. good. So anyway, 
the whole plan is to act as Rhysian's plaything. That's Feyre's role. It's to act as his whore, basically. Um, so she is sitting on his lap. She is feeling him up. They are getting hot and heavy on this <laughs> throne. It is um, an amazing chapter for me. Um, basically, like, trying to distract here. He is hella uncomfortable. <laughs> and, like, he is just, like, forced to watch them because Reese is like, yeah, don't move. Yeah, he's being sexually harassed in his workplace <laughs> by his employer. He's like forced to watch them like basically like hump each other, like dry hump each other on this throne while more like goes and retrieves the orb. And we would um, feel bad for him, but Kier's a piece of shit. But Kier deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Kier deserves it. <laughs> anyway, so while they're, you know, out here getting it on um, to distract here, they're really into it. Farah realizes, you know, like she is feeling kind of guilty. Like she should not be feeling the things that she does for Reese, but you can't help it. He's hot. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Asriel gets the orb signals for them to leave. And as Farah is getting up to leave, Kira, you know, kind of grabs her and is like, you're going to pay for this whore. And Reese freaks out he's like the fuck did you just say to my girl and my queen like my queen basically like freezes him in spot like breaks both of his arms right yeah, yeah. Both of his oh, arms. Yeah. um yeah. so it kind of goes like alpha male Ugh. which is i guess like that's the role reese is expected to play while he is you know in the court of nightmares he's supposed to be like this very domineering force um True. so very different um than what we've been seeing this entire book but it does you know, kind of line up with what we were seeing while um, under the mountain with Amarantha. So they leave, and while everyone else goes back home, Reese actually detours with Farah to talk somewhere private before going back home, and she kind of freaks out on him. She's like, you don't need to protect me like that. You know, you're acting like Tamlin, basically. Reese does not like that, and you know, I, I really felt for him in this moment because, you know, Pharaoh was being not fair. Like, it yeah. was not fair of her, and you know, basically, he's like, you need to stop comparing me to him I am not I'm not like him and you know he knows that everyone sees him as the villain and Tamlin's always going to be the hero and um Feyre just kind of gets more defensive and um tells Reese you know he wears the mask of the high lord because he wants everyone to basically see that he's a monster even to his closest friends and um it really strikes a chord in Reese and he's really trying his best to you know, I think kind of show Farah that he's trying and that he's, you know, willing to open up to her. But also he knows like whoever gets close to him is going to be a target basically the rest of their lives. Um, they kind of end on just like a really bad note. And so Reese takes Farrah her home. was very much projecting too. Yeah, like it, she was talking about herself, but directing it towards Reese and it was super yeah. not fair. And so Reese ends up just taking her home and they don't talk the rest of the night they don't talk for the next few days and he has gone out to hunt down their attackers and so Fair's kind of just left her own devices until um someone's like hey you know starfall is coming up here soon um, <laughs> and you have to attend and you have to go and she's like i don't know what that is but i know how you fay are and and with your holidays so Nuala and Caridwen get her dressed in this like gorgeous gown. She's never been in anything more beautiful. It's like made of gemstones, gorgeous, like from head to toe. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous girls wear gowns made of gemstones. That was kind of hard to say. Yeah. And so she gets flown up there, and that's where Reese has been hiding out, is in the house of wind. So she's like expecting to see him right away, but he's not there at first. She sees a bunch of people are there to celebrate, but like they're just kind of waiting around. So she's talking with more and all of a sudden 
Reese pops up and she's like, oh, hey. And it's like awkward because like the last time they saw each other, they were fighting. And Reese is like, I I have a better spot where we can watch this. It's more private. It's quieter. So they go up to this balcony and it Starfall is like, there are these like spirits shooting across the sky that look like stars that are like shooting stars really close by, but they're like some kind of like fae creature. It's similar to like the the Willow the Wisps that yeah. Camelin shows Feyre after the summer solstice. So it's a very similar moment to that first novel where it's like she's alone with the High Lord and seeing this beautiful thing she's never seen before. Reese and Feyre, they both feel bad for what they said. They're both like, I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. And all of a sudden, Feyre gets hit in the face by one of the, like, stars flying by, like, the spirits or whatever. So Reese is laughing, and she's like, stop laughing, it's not funny. And then he, <laughs> she's, like, trying to, like, come after him, and he gets hit in the face with one. And so they're both just, like, cracking up, because they're just covered in, like, this glowing, like, spirit, basically. <laughs> they're covered in spirit guts. But Feyre, like, she smiled at Reese when all this is happening. And so Reese is like, do, do it again, again. <laughs> smile again. And so Farah does. She she smiles and he's like, you're exquisite. <laughs> I, know, I really wanted them to kiss and they didn't. They didn't kiss. But he tells her he's like, I wish I could take back the kiss under the mountain. And she's like, why? Why do you say that? And he's like, because it was a super unpleasant thing for you. And like, I was jealous and I was jealous. I was angry and I wish I could take it back. And Farah's like, I'm really starting to care about this man. So they spend the rest of the night, like dancing the night away with the rest of the friends downstairs. And so the next day gets a little less sweet. They end up going <laughs> to the Illyrian war camp. Um, it's Farah, Reese, Cassian and more because Asriel, First of all, does not like going to the Illyrian camps. He does not have great relationships with them. And also he has some stuff to do with the human queens and Hybern. Fair and Reese go into the woods. They're trading with her powers. They're um, staying at their his mom's old cabin where he was originally trained as an Illyrian warrior. Um, so kind of get away from everybody. They go train in the woods. Um Farrah's asking him about his history with Tamlin, and Reese tells her that Tamlin and his dad were actually the ones who killed his mom and sister. Um, so they killed them in cold blood. They thought Reese was going to be with him and ambushed them. And even after seeing Reese was not with them, cut off their wings, cut off their heads, and sent their bodies floating down the river for Reese to find. Um, so in a you know, fit of rage, Reese and his father decided to, you know, take retribution on Tamlin's family. And so showed up at the Spring Court Manor, murdered Tamlin's father. Reese Ann's dad actually ended up killing his mother as well, even though he said he wasn't going to, and then murdered both of his brothers. And so by the time they get to Tamlin's door, Reese is like, you know what, no more no more blood needs to be spilled. We have done what we came to do. His dad's not having it. And so the second he opens Tamlin's door, Tamlin immediately knows what's happened. And so kills him on sight. And at that time, the role of the High Lord passes on to both Reese and Tamlin. Um, and they kind of call it a truce. They call it a draw. And they're like, you know what? No more. Reese runs away. He He's done. <laughs> he's like, and let's cut our losses. He's like, let's get out of here. And so 
they have just a very tumultuous relationship and they had started off as friends and really the whole reason it happened was because Tamlin's dad felt threatened um, because he was a little coward baby yeah and Tamlin was a little weenie and like sold Reese's family out like the only reason he knew where they'd be is because recent Tamlin's friendship so yeah Tamlin has zero respect for me um, because (laughs) he murdered two women for no reason so the next morning um, more leaves for the hewn city she's going back to deal with some court stuff Um, and then Feyre and Reese go out for another training session Um, Feyre tells Reese stay back a little bit kind of the same deal with when they were in the human realm and so Reese goes away so that she can you know concentrate on working on her skills Um, and she is approached by Lucian this time so she's just getting snuck up on left and right from strange men Um, Bronn and Hart are also there who were two sentries for Tamlin Um, so Lucian basically again tries to gaslight her and he is like things just haven't been right at home since last time you were here and Tamlin's been out of his mind with worry and you need to come back and fix things he's like yeah how could you just leave us like that blah 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 and like Fair was like what the fuck are you talking about like I am not coming back home and he was like no you have to like we messed up and we we need you to fix it and she's like no like fix your own shit like not my problem and so you know Lucian tries to grab for it and just win her back home against her will and all of a sudden, Reese appears after Pharaoh Widow's back, and basically Reese is like, over my dead body, <laughs> will you take her? And Lucian still is trying to fight her, and so Pharaoh does the most, you know, dope thing on Earth, and she shapeshifts, even though she was afraid to. And so she grows her own Illyrian wings, and she has talons, and basically becomes like this monster and tells Lucian to go fuck himself. Um, and to tell Tamlin to leave them alone like she's not coming back and he is disgusted with her he is just like what have you let them do to you like this is not you and like basically runs away so they are you know a little bit out of shape after this whole meeting and instead of going back to the camp they end up staying in an inn for the night and my absolute favorite trope is the one bed um anyway so they have to stay in the attic room there is one singular bed for them to share one bed but there's two people isn't that crazy what are they going to do they're gonna share that bed is what they're gonna do and so they end up eating dinner they're drinking some wine they are sharing some secrets talking with each other so they end up going to bed they're cuddling for warmth is what they've told us and Farah decides you know what I may feel guilty but I don't feel that guilty (laughs) well also before they get in bed I have to say like they are doing the thought for a thought thing oh that's right we said I'm thinking that I look at you and I feel like I'm dying. Like I can't breathe. I'm thinking that I want you so badly. I can't concentrate half the time I'm around you. And so Farah has this moment of, oh my God, he likes me back. Yeah. And so whatever remaining guilt she had is gone at that point and like risks it all for my boy Reese. The thing that pisses me off though, is that Reese is like, what do you want? 
like tell me like be be clear with me like what do you want Mm -hmm. and Farah's like yeah you know what I'm gonna mess around with them like I just want a little bit of fun and Reese takes that personally yeah and he was like all right fine if that's all you want like that is what I will give you yeah he's like that's all you're offering me and I worship the ground you walk on what I'll take (laughs) (laughs) and so they have a wonderful night together we won't get into too many gratuitous details here (laughs) Um, but they do spend the night with each other and it is spicy yeah, so the next morning after they have that little moment, they're leaving, they're flying to a different location. As they're flying, like there there's a little bit of tension, like they're both kind of distracted. All of a sudden, they're being attacked again, like they were before they're they were flying attacked. to Union City. Yeah, <laughs> like they're always in danger. So they're getting attacked again. This time, Reese actually gets hit with the arrows. So he kind of like yates Farah to safety. So she uh, realizes that the captors have like taken him somewhere else. And so she winnows her way all the way there. She can hear that they're like torturing him in a cave. And so she's like, I, I am become a <laughs> <laughs> little mal action, a little mal action. <laughs> so Farah and become blade. She's picked up these arrows <laughs> that they shot down her man with. Hate she's that. made them into daggers and she's a winnowing and killing these motherfuckers left and right. She's like, how dare you? I am the only one that can bring harm to this man. And, and I will. And I have. And so she gets to Reese. He is in a bad way. Like he has been shot with arrows. He's there's poison on the arrows. He's not doing well. He's not. So she winnows him away with the rest of like her strength. She winnows him to this cave that she saw earlier. And so she spends the night like worrying he's going to die in his sleep. And she's the next morning. She's like, I have to track down the cereal. So she takes her cloak because Alice told her like, you don't need a dead chicken. All you need is a new cloak. Yeah. So she captures the cereal again. Although she's kind of like, that was really easy. Like, I kind of wonder if the cereal is just doing it. It was like, girl, I've been waiting for you for hours. (laughs) Cereal's like, where have you been? It's too long to call for me. Like, I want to catch up. Like, you have my address. Write me a letter. Like, oh, thank God it's you. Uh, So the cereal she's like shoot me straight like how do I heal Reese and the cereal's like well he's poisoned but you have like this healing power in your blood from the dawn court so just feed him your blood and Pharaoh's like gross but okay sure and so she is like cutting it free and it's like also there's this weed that heals or that grows nearby that helps your mate heal more quickly and she's like whoa 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 She's like, okay, cool. Wait a minute. Did you say mate? And he was like, yeah, like your mate, like Reese is your mate. And Pharaoh's like, you're joking. No, you're absolutely joking. And um, (laughs) the the cereal's like, wow, you didn't know that's hilarious. And uh, Pharaoh's like, yeah, okay. um, Well, see you next time. I need to chat. And so she returns to Reese. She's mad. She heals him, but she is so mad that he throwing shit her. at him. Like, yeah, she's like, you Here, choke on this drink plant. my blood, eat this weed. It's so gross, but he's dying. So he's like, okay. And um, she's like, how long have you known? 
that were mates and he's like okay so we're doing this so he's like okay so I knew when Amarantha was killing you and she's like that's a long time Reese and he's like yeah I admit um I was keeping things from you and she's like yeah um who else knows and he's like uh there's Morgan there's Cassian there's Azriel and she's like okay stop you're making me very upset. I want to go home. I want to go back to the Illyrian war camp. So he's like, with what little strength he has, he winnows them there. She immediately finds more and she's like, I need to be alone. She winnows her to like this mountain and there's a cabin they can walk to. And she's like, this cabin is warded. So no one can winnow in. It's like only open to our family. So like no one can approach it unless they're like part of the family. And so Feyre is like, perfect. Like I'll just hole up here. Which brings us to part three. Part the three. final part. <laughs> the House of Mist. All right. So part three. Um, so we start off Feyre, you know, back in the cabin. She has um, been here for a couple of days. She is bored out of her mind. So she starts kind of digging through some stuff and ends up finding some paint supplies in one of the closets. Um, and she finally allows herself for the first time in a very long time to start painting. And she kind of goes balls to the wall with painting. Like not a single permission was asked. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to paint every single wall in this home. And yeah. I also look so funny because it, it's like, an ongoing joke that Feyre is like actually not good at painting and it's just stick figures all over it's like absolute nonsense all over the (laughs) time yeah so she has like painted everything and so more arrives just to check in on her just make sure she's like not dead and she's like oh my god (laughs) like what have you done um, so Feyre sees Morgan off the Morgan more off the next morning um, and stares out the window, kind of allowing herself to daydream about life in Valaris and, you know, owning her own paint studio and giving lessons and having this life with Reese. And so really just, you know, allows herself to put together what her ideal future looks like and she's ready to defend it and make that happen at whatever cost. She has been here for like five or six days at this point in time and like has lived live in the hermit life and um, finally hears another knock at the door and she opens it and it's Reese. So she has already made up her mind before she even sees Reese. Like she knows she wants to be with him. That's like she knows it in her heart. She invites him in and she's like, are you hungry? Like I can heat up some soup for you. And he gets all tense and weird. And she's like, listen, I don't know all the Fae like rules. You're going to have to explain this one to me. So he's like, traditionally, when a female offers her mate food for the first time, it means she's accepting the mating bond. And so Feyre's like, well, then, okay, tell me the whole story and we'll see if I'll offer you food. And so he tells her like, I began having dreams about you back when you were still a human. I was having like flashes of your life that were like foggy. And then he tells her that he was seeing her nightmares when she entered Prithian and they were a bunch like of like creatures that were from Prithian. So he knew she was there and that freaked him out. He was like, what is this fragile human doing here in Prithian? So He saw another dream of hers and it was about like the unlit bonfires of Cal and Mai. And he was like, there's only one court that does the the big celebration. So he tells Amarantha, let me go to the spring court during Cal and Mai so I can spy on Tamlin. But when he's there, 
he immediately finds Feyre and he's like, this is who I've been dreaming about. Like, I know it in my bones. Like, she smells right. <laughs> this is the girl. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> and that's her. And so he's like asking her all those questions and stuff. And she's like, this man's dangerous. And uh, so when he comes back to the spring court, like again in the first novel, to find that she was living there with Tamlin, he was pissed. He was like, that's my mate. And well, I mean, I don't know that he really knew it, knew he it yet. He kind of knew though. He kind of knew, but he was like, that's mine. I want that safe. So he scares her by going into her mind as a way to like send her back home. He's like, she needs to get out of here. Like she is not safe here. And so he said he had never known horror. Like when she was brought before Amarantha under the mountain, he was like, I thought I had gotten her safe back to her. God damn it. (laughs) I like saw this other human girl tortured to death. And I was willing to live with that. Just knowing that you were safe with your family, but here you are. And so he like was upset about that obviously but he was like you know what maybe this is our chance to be free so he was like I'm gonna do everything in my power to keep you strong keep you fighting even though she hated him for it and when Amarantha was torturing Feyre to death like that's when he he knew it for sure that she was his mate and so he loses it he takes that dagger ready to die because he's like if Feyre's dying I'm dying too because she's my mate and um romantic <laughs> yeah it's tragic um so when Feyre does actually get killed by Amarantha Reese keeps her tethered there not by their bargain but by their mating sheer bond. will alone sheer will alone and the power of true love it's so strong it's stronger than anything ask Disney and so Farah is like listening to all this she is like her heart's aching and so Farah's like you do you love me and he's like yeah I do so she's like okay here's this bowl of soup (laughs) and then they bang for like like an entire (laughs) yeah like I don't know how many pages but it's a lot and so yeah they're like we're good now. We're together. They're together. Okay. It's clear. They're married now. And they're married. So you can back off. Um, so things finally calm down a little bit with their little honeymoon phase. And Reese is like, by the way, the queens are ready to meet. And Feyre's like, <laughs> awesome. you, you couldn't have led with that. And Reese is like, I'm sorry, I got distracted. And Feyre's like, okay, well, let's go. So she gets home and the entire inner circle is like, we'll serve and protect you, Farah. And she's like, calm down. Like, let's just be friends. And they're like, oh yeah, that too. Like we're friends. We're friends, but also. Yes. So they get to the, the mortal realm. They're back at Nesta and Elaine's home. Um, So Morgan shows them Valaris and the orb and the Queens are like, "Mm, Okay. Like, that's pretty cool. And they're like, we'll get back to you in a few days. <laughs> like, excuse? Deliberate. And they're like, um, absolutely not. Like, we need to know, like, right now, can we please have this book? And they're like, um, yeah, no, like, we just don't think it's worth it, honestly. And so they dip out. 
And they're like, we will smell you later, like lose our number. And so they're (laughs) freaking out and they're like upset. And then they notice that there is something that has been left in the chair of the golden queen who has kind of been a tight ass this whole time. Um, And she has left the second half of the book of breathings for them. And she said, you know, after reading the letter that Resan wrote to her, she knows that he's trying to build a better world and that she really does know like he wants to do it especially for this woman that he loves and so Pharaoh had no idea that he wrote this letter to them it was really cute it was before <laughs> um, they were mated even it was before they were even mated that he was like you know this is the woman I love these are the lands of her family and I, I'll do anything to protect them I was like okay love that for you <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, she also writes a note saying, don't trust the others and that the sixth queen who has not been present at the meetings is not sick as they had claimed. And so we're like, oh, okay. So like what's happened to the sixth queen here? They go back to Prithian. Um, So Reese is away in the court of nightmares and um, it's kind of just Feyre and Cassian hanging out. They're going to operas. They've been um, going around in the artist square chilling. Um, when Ferris starts asking him, you know, like, what's going on between you and my sister? Like, what, what's that about? <laughs> Being a little busy body, as Cassian calls her. Um, while they are talking, they notice that, you know, something is not right in the sky. They're like, what the heck is that? It's, it's a bird. A, it's a plane. It's, not, it's the adder. Um, <laughs> like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so soldiers from Highburn are flying in to Valaris and they're like, hold the phone. Like, how the heck do they know we're here? Um, they get their answer when um, the adder approaches and drops the mutilated body of the, the golden queen who gave them the book. Of breathings onto one of the light stands in the street and they understand that the queens have betrayed them and told Highburn where Valaris was and so the secrets of the city are now well known to Highburn and all their enemies and so they are left to defend the rainbow and all Valaris and Cassian eventually does join in and it's this huge battle basically of trying to protect the city and um, everything it encompasses and Farah actually does some pretty cool shit so she really <laughs> comes into her powers here she is taking down different attackers she is using you know all the skills in her arsenal um she also starts learning how to like fully wield the power of like her water powers and so um using the sea to her advantage attacking you know different hybrid soldiers um eventually Reese does you know show back up eventually but Farah blocks him out pretty well and is kind of just doing <laughs> her own thing and being a bad bitch and yeah because he's only worried about her safety and she's yeah, like, she's like I got other people to protect. yeah and she's like Reese I gotta block you out I'm sorry because like there's people right here dying um and probably the absolute coolest moment of this entire battle is um when she finally sees the adder who is trying to escape and so she winnows on top of him has a freaking ash arrow ready to go like stabs that motherfucker a few times and um free falls and like watches his body like splatter on the pavement (laughs) it's amazing it was very much like she got her vengeance she got vengeance for everyone so they get the wards back up around the city and reese is feeling extremely guilty because he like trusted the queen's and so the next day, Amran finally cracks the code and she's like, okay, Feyre, here's what you need to do. You need to touch the cauldron and speak these words. The problem is Reese cannot winnow them into Highburn's castle because 
like they'll notice like they have like like wards in place to notice his magic and so Cassian and Azriel have to take Feyre in while Reese and Moore like wait to winnow them out and Amran's gonna stay behind in Valaris and like defend it just in case and so that night Reese and Feyre are having a moment he gets the ring out that she retrieved from the weaver's cottage and is like will you marry me? <laughs> and she's like, I risked my life for my like, own wedding ring. I got that for myself. <laughs> and Reese is like, I know, isn't it beautiful? So <laughs> he's like, it's my mother's ring. <laughs> and so she's like, Reese, like, I cannot wait to wear that. But the thing is, we're about to go into enemy territory tomorrow. And I think it's best that they don't know we're together, like, lest we get captured and they use that against us. And so. He's like, what if I want to go one step further than a wedding? And she's like, I'm listening. But then like the chapter like cuts to a new scene. And so they're like going into the castle and everything is so easy. They're like, wow, there's not very many guards Just here. Left the front door open. Yeah. And it's like, guys, it's because it's a trap. <laughs> Asriel, bud. Like you're supposed Come on, to, you know better. Like, oh my God, it's so frustrating. So Feyre, like she tracks down the cauldron. She's like, it's in there. So they walk in and she's like, this cauldron. Okay, it's worth noting. Amran told her, do not put the book halves together because that'll draw a lot of attention. And the cauldron is like, Feyre, you have these two halves of the book, put them together put them together like just see what happens and Farah like listens to the call and she puts them together against what Amran told her so (laughs) all of a sudden Azriel like yanks her away and she's like what the heck I was about to nullify the cauldron and he's like look and Jurian is coming down the stairs and also Farah's brain is like melting out of her nose at this point in time like she does not have the situation under control even a little bit yeah she's like guys I had it and she's like bleeding out of her orifices (laughs) yeah um so Reese immediately winnows in because he like senses all this is going on and he like sneaks the book from Feyre and puts it in his jacket so he Jurian shoots like a poison arrow into Asriel the king of Highburn shows up and he's like that poison's actually magical and I can send it straight to his heart if you don't follow me so they all go upstairs and the king is like Okay, and now that I've upheld my end of the bargain, I expect you to uphold yours. Who is he talking to? Lucian and Tamlin. Lucian and Tamlin step forward I out of the shadows. Have never been so upset in my entire life. It's <sighs> disappointing. It is. Yeah, so Feyre is like, what on God's green earth could you possibly be doing here right now? And the king's like, mm, yeah, like I struck a deal with them. And then I said, if they could have you, then they will let me use their lands to like further my army, basically. Yeah. And Tamlin was like, yeah, it was a pretty sweet deal. And she was like, are you joking? I got it for a bargain. <laughs> it was a good deal. 
So basically she tells Tamlin like, yes, I will go with you as long as you promise like no one who is here with me is going to be harmed. Um, and Tamlin's like, mm, no, like I'm not going to do that. And so he realizes he can smell that Feyre and Reese are made and they ended up like touching a little too close. Pissed. He is so upset. He's like, what is going on here? Like, how did he trick you? How did he trick you into this mating bond that is created by the cauldron itself blessed by the possibly be that you're in love yeah like how did he create this how is he tricking you into this like okay and so Farah is like I'm gonna fuck you up like basically like this is it Um, if you kidnap me I will literally destroy you and your court yeah because Tamlin's like reaching in here he's like just take my hand take this poor singer's hand and, and she's like okay but i'll kill you i'll have to kill like, you yeah, i will slash your throat and so the king at this point in time kind of steps in he's like you know what's gonna make this party a little spicier is <laughs> if i bring in your kidnapped sisters and sure enough there he is. there they are Dragged and bound here they come <laughs> so the king explains to the queens that motherfucking ianthe betrayed Feyre's trust and like the entire time she was in la la land depressed and like depresso mode like she'd been telling ianthe like all these stories about her sisters and like where they lived and she was just cataloging this information for the king of hyrule and who she met while she was hiding from amarantha for 50 years yeah absolutely <laughs> coward Basically, he wants to demonstrate that the cauldron is able to grant eternal youth to the queens, which is what they all wanted. They wanted to be young and immortal so that they never had to give up their thrones. They're very selfish. Um, And so Tamlin is, you know, bless his heart, is like, oh, well, you know. I didn't say that was cool, but as long, I guess as long as, like, I get what I want. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. He does seem, like, to his credit, he does seem a bit horrified because he, does, he knows it's going to he upset He wasn't going to stop it. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> well, no, he tries, but the king actually does stop him. Like, he tries to lunge at him, and the king, like, nullifies his power. Was he going to actually do anything, though? I doubt it, but, like, let's give him the smallest I'll give him some credit. credit. I'll give him credit. I do hate him, but, like, we have to give credit where credit's due. You're right. He did step up. Same thing with Lucian. He had them both, like, shackled to the floor. Anyway, so freaking party starts and <laughs> Elaine goes first and he's like, step right on up. I'm going to toss you into this cauldron. So Elaine goes in. She is terrified. Yeah. She stays under for, you know, a few seconds in our time. It could have been a lot, a lot longer while she was under there. The I'm cauldron like- spits little Elaine out and she is suddenly high fay. He is like, all right, Nesta's next. And Nesta is mad. She is spitting mad. Like, kicking, screaming, like, she is not going into this cauldron willingly. Um, so Lucian is finally like, let me help this poor girl who is lying cold on these stones. <laughs> shivering and, and afraid and traumatized. Shivering and terrified. And the King of Harborn's like, all right, I guess. Like, it's fine. So he walks over there. What happens? A mating bond snaps into place. And Lucian's like, oh, my God, you're my mate. It's like, of course. Yeah, I hate that. But it is what it is. Nesta comes out high fay as well. And immediately goes to Elaine and Lucian's like, Elaine's my mate. And Nesta's like, the fuck she is like back off my sister. And Farah is like, all the while she's been sitting here watching this horrified. Like, she's throwing it up on herself. <laughs> yeah, she's, she could not be more distraught. Like she thought her nightmares were bad. This is worse than anything she could ever have imagined. And she's like, 
I can't let any more harm come to those that I love. So she's like, I'm going to take my power because I'm special and I'm made of something new. And so I'm going to tell these wards that I am what these wards are made of. I am also a ward. (laughs) Yeah, I too am a ward. (laughs) I raise you one ward. I still don't fully understand what happened, but that's okay. (laughs) I don't know. But the point is, Feyre is everything and that she needs to be. (laughs) Fair is the hero of the story (laughs) she breaks the ward just enough to get some power through at first but she eventually like I think shatters it because she sends out like this burst of light this like burst of light means a lot to her and Reese it's like an intimate thing between them so she's like Reese are you picking up on my signals this is for you this message is for you so she sends out a burst of light and like pretends that she's like screaming and crying and pain And she pretends to be awoken from a trance. And she's like, Tamlin, like you saved me. Oh my gosh, save me from these horrible people. And she demands to the king. She points at like the tattoo on her left arm. And she's like, break the bond between Reese and I, break it. And so the king breaks the bargain that they made under the mountain. And he thought it was the mating bond. But it wasn't because apparently that's like. You can't break the mating bond. So much deeper inside of them. So she's like, Reese, I need you to play along. He does. Like he gets what she's doing. They're playing a ruse. And everyone like understands. They like, take get her my sisters. sisters out. Yeah. They like winnow her sisters out of there. And she's like, Tamlin, oh my God, I love you. I missed you. Thank you so much. And he's like, so dumb. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's I like, I know you did. You. Like, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine now that I'm here. And Lucian's like, wait. Bitch, they- what? <laughs> They just took your sisters and you're over here like making out with Tamlin and pretending it's fine. And Feyre's like, oh, Lucian, no, don't worry. We'll get them back. Don't worry. And Lucian's like, like, am I the only sane one here right now? (laughs) Lucian's like, something's not right. Something is not right. But he has no spine and he won't say it. And we do have like a brief flash over to the point of view from Reese Anne, which we don't get the entire book, which is super exciting. And so and the inner circle returns home and Amran immediately is just like, where is she? Yeah. And Reese is like, yep. So anyway, like what we need to do next. And Amber's <laughs> like, no, like, where is she? Where is and my so, best yeah, she's like my new bestie. Where is she at? <laughs> and so Reese is basically like, well, um, Thera, our best friend is in there destroying the spring court from the inside out. You know why? Because she is now our high lady of the night court. And so he has gone behind everyone's back. You know, remember when they said, you know, let's go see a priestess. Yeah. He had Thera made into a high lady. Super freaking cool shit. Um, and so she's his equal. She's his equal. We love a feminist. Um, and so we flash back to Feyre. She returns back home with Tamlin and is like, I'm so glad to be home. Lucian is just like, mm, dog, I don't know. Something about this is not quite right. Like, how did you break free of this spell again? And she's like, don't even worry about it. You know, I'm not really sure. I don't remember. My brain must have been just splattered. I don't know. It's wild. And he was like, okay. I guess. Yeah, remember, I'm a dainty victim who needs protection. Remember? Remember Lucian? 
And so Tamlin is just being Tamlin, absolutely blinded by his own arrogance and I hate him. <laughs> and is just like, yes, like this lady broke that spell for me because she knows I am her one true love. Mm-hmm. You, for her mate, forget that guy. Like, that's not even a real bond. We don't know her. It kind of ends with Pharaoh almost giving us like a little smirk at the end. Like, haha, like <laughs> get ready because you're about to get your shit rocked. That kind of wraps up the long ass synopsis of this book. It's I'm a very sorry. long book in our defense. We are going to go ahead and cover um, more of our theories and symbolism and character development in our next part. And so, you know, go check us out and we will talk to y'all soon. And as always, let's get lit. <laughs> <laughs>